Hi, and welcome to The Turbulent World with me, James M. Dorsey, as your host. Malaysian Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim is in a bind. He is caught between public support for the Palestinians and for Hamas in significant quarters. Opponents painting him as a Western and Israeli lackey and the need to not be seen as enabling a militant organization that brutally targets civilians. Protesters clad in kefiyah, the distinctive Palestinian scarf, and waving the Palestinian flag, marched after last Friday's prayers towards the US Embassy in Kuala Lumpur, and briefly scuffled with police. What we are protesting here today is the colonization of Palestine, backed by America and Western powers, said activist Hishamuddin Rais. Mr. Rais insisted that the Gaza war was neither a religious battle between Jews and Muslims, nor a war against Hamas. Instead, he suggested, it was in opposition to a Western-backed Israeli effort to deprive Palestinians of their rights. Mr. Rais echoed Mr. Ibrahim's insistence that Hamas's brutal October 7 attack on Israel, in which some 1,400 people, mostly civilians, were killed, would not alter Malaysian support for the group. Among Middle Eastern and Asian nations with a Hamas representation, Malaysia may be the most exposed Hamas host. Hamas leaders including Khalid Mishal and Ismail Haniyeh, are based in Qatar. Qatar has long served as a welcome intermediary between Israel and the group it once tacitly nurtured as an antidote to Palestinian nationalism. It was a policy tacitly endorsed by the United States, even though the US and various European countries alongside Israel have designated Hamas as a terrorist organization. Last week, Qatar negotiated the release of two American hostages kidnapped by Hamas during its attack. Qatar is seeking to get more of the approximately 222 Israelis and foreigners captured by Hamas freed. Of these, at least 26 are believed to be Israeli military personnel. European leaders, including France's Emmanuel Macron and Britain's Rishi Sunak, hope Qatar can help them get their nationals freed. A high flyer, Qatar's relationship with Hamas is encountering headwinds, with some pundits and Western officials taking the Gulf state to task. There can be no more business as usual with Hamas, said US Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. Last week, the United States sanctioned 10 Hamas operatives. It said were involved in financing and facilitating Hamas in Gaza, Turkey, and Algeria, including Ahmed Abd al-Dayim Nasrallah, a senior official based in Qatar. Middle East analyst Hussein Ibish, a senior scholar at the Saudi and United Arab Emirates-funded Arab Gulf States Institute in Washington, suggested a reckoning with Qatar may only come once the hostage crisis is resolved. After the hostage situation concludes, whether it ends in tragedy 
or with negotiated releases involving possible prisoner swaps, Gata is likely to face severe pressure and criticism, Mr. Ibish said. Turkey, another Hamas host country in which thousands have marched in support of Gaza, has sought to deflect criticism by playing a similar role, so far with less success. In a phone call with Mr. Haniyeh this weekend, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan said he was working to get humanitarian aid to Gaza and would welcome wounded Gazans for treatment in Turkish hospitals. For now, Lebanon, a failed state on the verge of collapse in which Hezbollah, the Iranian-backed Shiite militia, threatens to open a second front if Israel pushes ahead with a ground offensive in Gaza, is a lost case from a U.S. and Israeli perspective. Mr. Ibrahim, the Malaysian prime minister, lacks a veneer for his unabashed support for Hamas to counter likely U.S. pressure. Speaking to parliament after the October 7 attack, Mr. Ibrahim insisted, we as a policy have a relationship with Hamas from before, and this will continue. The prime minister rejected unspecified foreign pressure to break with Hamas. As such, we don't agree with their pressuring attitude, as Hamas too won in Gaza freely through elections, and Gazans chose them to lead. Mr. Ibrahim was referring to Hamas's electoral victory in 2006, the last time Palestinians voted. Last week, Mr. Ibrahim pledged Malaysia's unwavering support for the Palestinian people in a phone call with Mr. Haniyeh. In recent days, Mr. Ibrahim also called for an immediate ceasefire and the creation of an independent Palestinian state in territories conquered by Israel during the 1967 Middle East War. Malaysia has no diplomatic relations with Israel. Mr. Ibrahim is likely to find maintaining his position increasingly problematic, particularly when Israel comes around to investigating its intelligence and operational failures in preventing a Hamas attack. Already, Malaysians are divided about their policy towards Hamas, even though criticism is expressed primarily behind closed doors. With all that's happening, Support for Hamas is far from unequivocal, said a well-placed Malaysian source. The source noted that the Hamas-controlled Kuala Lumpur-based Palestinian Cultural Organization Malaysia, or PCOM, organizes well-attended public events, attended by prominent intellectuals, journalists, and civil society figures, but rarely by senior officials. Even so, former Prime Minister Mahathir Mohamed invited Hamas leader Khaled Meshal to at attend the 2019 Islamic Summit in Kuala Lumpur. In addition, Mr. Mahathir met Hamas leaders on several earlier occasions in the Malaysian capital. Some analysts suggest that the government, rather than changing its public stance, could quietly distance itself from Hamas by not renewing the residency visas of the group's operatives. PCOM was co-founded in 2011 
by Mr. Ibrahim's Rural and Regional Development Minister, Ahmed Zahid Hamidi, and the Prime Minister's Home Affairs Minister, Seyfuddin Nazution Ismail. The Hamas attack has revived debate in government circles and security forces about the risks involved in allowing Hamas to continue to operate in Malaysia. Officials and security officers first questioned the value of relations with Hamas after the 2018 killing of a Kuala Lumpur-based Palestinian electoral engineering professor and Hamas operative, Fadi al-Bach, in a drive-by shooting on the streets of the Malaysian capital. Media reports asserted that Mr. al-Bach helped Hamas develop its rocket and drone arsenal and may have been negotiating an arms deal with North Korea. Mr. Al-Bach, who obtained his PhD from the University of Malaya, where he lectured on electrical engineering, has published extensively on power, electricity, and battery-related issues. Moreover, in 2014, the Israeli military said that a captured Hamas commander had told Israel's domestic intelligence service that he was one of 10 fighters who trained in Malaysia for the use of motor-powered hang gliders. Fighters on hang gliders landed on the Israeli side of the Gaza border in the first minutes of the October 7 Hamas attack. Malaysian analysts believe the company that trained the fighters was duped into believing it was developing a new tourism opportunity. Hamas uses PCOM, the cultural center, described by Malaysian officials as an unofficial embassy for public outreach and fundraising. PCOM denies being a political organization with Hamas links. The analysts said Malaysian governments allowed PCOM to operate alongside the Palestinian embassy in Kuala Lumpur to balance Malaysia's relations with Hamas and its arch rival, Al-Fatah which dominates the officially recognized Palestine Authority and has an embassy in Kuala Lumpur. PCOM raises funds through a network of Malaysian civil society groups. The center advises potential donors knocking on its door to contact those groups. Mr. Ibrahim is committed to the Palestinian struggle from his younger days in Abim, the Muslim Islamic youth movement, until he became the prime minister. His efforts in the last few hours were important in pushing back the Western narrative and Western pressure on the international community, said Muslim Imran, a member of Hamas's International Bureau and founding director of the Kuala Lumpur-based Asia Middle East Center for Research and Dialogue. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed today's column and podcast. The Turbulent World with James M. Dorsey depends on the support of its readers. For the past 12 years, I have maintained free distribution as a way of maximizing impact. I am determined to keep it that way. However, to avoid putting up a paywall, I need the support of a core of voluntary paid subscribers to cover the cost of producing the column and podcast. If you believe that the column and podcast add value to your understanding and that of the broader public, please consider becoming a paid subscriber. You can do so by clicking on Substack 
on the subscription button at www.jamesmdorsey.substack.com and choosing one of the subscription options. Thank you, take care, and best wishes. Thank you.